Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. The Word that came to me this morning as I was just standing over there is that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And all the studying that I did about this mind sermon, um, I didn't even remember that one. And so... So uh, that would be the obvious choice if he was preparing a message about the mind. And so he had to remind me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I'm gonna, we're going to keep going. And, uh, you know, to be quite honest with you, I don't care how far we get today. The message is not really as important as what God wants to communicate to you. What I have prepared for you is not nearly as important as what the Holy Spirit's doing really right now. And he... And he dropped that scripture in my heart because I I believe that he wants us to be reminded that he's not given us the spirit of fear. So if fear is coming in, if fear is overwhelming you or there's a a concern, overriding concern about your future, your your day, tomorrow, what's going to happen, that's not coming from God. That's not his message to you. That's the steal, kill, and destroy guy. But I've given you a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. God wants to bring us to a place where there's a soundness to our mind. Amen? We might have to adjust what we're doing. How many of you in the course of your relationship with Jesus have had to adjust to his ways from time to time? You're going down this road and you're doing things the way that you know to do them and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes up and has, has a moment with you and all of a sudden you're, you're realizing that, hmm, that's probably not producing the kind of fruit that's going to be life-giving to myself and to those around me. And so he asks for an adjustment. He asks for a, for a shift. And all of a sudden we're shifting the way we're thinking. We're shifting the way that we're doing things. We're not doing the same thing that we used to do because what we used to do was producing the wrong, wrong result and He's shined a light on it by the power of His Holy Spirit and all of a sudden we see that there's a better way. And that better way doesn't come because He's, he's, he's made Himself angry at you or you feel that anger. It's conviction. Conviction is a really awesome thing. Conviction helps us to see where we're in error, and then he gives us the power to have the soundness of mind, the right heart, to be able to shift into the right way. So God's not given us a spirit of fear. We know where that comes from. So if you're fearful today, it's a normal human um, expression. It's a normal human thing that we have. But it doesn't mean that you have to stay there or have to live there or have to build a house in that spot. Don't build a house on that foundation. Amen? Power and love and of sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. A few things to remember when you're trying to keep your head, but you're on the verge of losing your mind. We've all been in places where that fear 
has overcome us, or that concern, worry, anxiety, stress, etc., has has overwhelmed us, and we feel like our minds is going to explode. It's overwhelming us. It's, it's putting us on tilt. We've all been in those spots. So a few things that um, I feel like the Lord has given me to help us in that when we're in that spot. First of all, be aware of the spiritual dimension that you are fighting or living in. We're not necessarily living um, or affected by simply an earthly realm. There's principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places that the Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. It's there on the screen. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against rulers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness wickedness in the heavenly places. Be aware of the dimension that you are fighting in. Be aware of what you're fighting against. Amen? That oftentimes you're having an argument with somebody in the flesh, but the perpetrator behind that argument is not the person that's trying to stare you down or, or trying to win this little tussle that you're having. It might be a, 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 a thing that's happening with you at work or, or you at home or, or anywhere in the marketplace or whatever it might be. That war is always trying to sidetrack us and get us off track. Remember where it originates from. The guy that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And that person is not in the flesh in front of you. doesn't matter how much you're convinced that that person is out to get you. Who's out to get you is the ruler of the kingdom of darkness. And he's trying to get you sidetracked and focused on that darkness to overwhelm you and to keep you from declaring what we did this morning. Did you hear this room when we started to declare and we started to respond to what the Spirit of God was doing in this room? All of a sudden, this room, became, you almost couldn't stand in it. It just became full. You couldn't help but, maybe you could, but I couldn't help but holler. I was just like, something's going on here. Thank you, Jesus. Why? Because the enemy can't stand against us when we've got the kingdom of God that's rising up on the inside of us. And when we're declaring what his word says, that's when the power comes. He watches over his word to perform it. I didn't look that one up either. He watches over his word to perform it. He is watching for somebody, listening for somebody to speak his word, to say what his word says so that he can bring it to pass. That's our main goal or our main desire is to say what God says. The enemy wants us to twist that into a knot and say what he's saying. And that's where the fear begins to take over. But when we begin to say what God says, all of a sudden the atmosphere and the environment that we're in can't help but be changed. You want to change your family? Begin to say what God says over your family. Don't say what's happening. Don't speak what's happening because what's happening isn't the end result. What's happening doesn't always have to be the way that it is. What God wants is for you to be in health and, and, and He wants you to prosper and He wants your family to be in order and He wants you to make a difference in this journey that you're on. And the way to do that is to come into alignment with what His Word says and begin to speak that. All right, so... 
Ephesians 6.12 tells us that dimension. 1 Timothy 6.6 is a scripture that um, I've referred to a lot over the years. And it basically says, godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. That has everything to do with posture. It has everything to do with our standing, how we position ourselves in this fight, how we position ourselves in relation to who we are with one another and who we are with God. There is a difference, huge difference, between complacency and contentment. So complacency is, uh, is it doesn't matter what's going on, whatever will be, will be. Kesara, sarah, whatever will be, will be. You know, that's not a great philosophy, right? That's just resigning to what is. What is, if it doesn't line up with what God's word says, isn't necessarily needing to stay that way. That's what God's put us here on this earth to do, is to speak his word to change those things that are so that they line up with the way he wants them to be, desires them to be. All right, so... Godliness with contentment is great gain. Paul said, I, I've learned how to be abased, and I've learned how to abound. I've learned to be in want. I've, there's times when things aren't going so great, or the, the physical you know, sustenance isn't there in its abundance, but I've learned that that's not my source. I've, not, I've learned that my, my physical world, this physical element that we live in, does not determine my effectiveness for the kingdom, or my joy, or my ability to live without fear, etc. So he understands that the contentment is whatever God is doing in us and through us, and whatever season that we're in. Sometimes we go through hard stuff because we're going through one of those change moments. You know, when God's trying to kind of shift us from what we always used to be and what we're always, uh, you know, we've got these patterns that need to be broken. Sometimes he'll send leanness to our soul. He'll send leanness. So we start looking around saying, hey, what's going on? What are you trying to tell me, God? Is there something that I need to look at or adjust? And, and a lot of times there is. It's not always the enemy attacking. Sometimes it's God saying, hey, listen, I need your attention for a few moments. And so Paul says, I've learned how to live in all of those different scenarios and to, and to let the grace of God abound in my life. The grace of God, when it's abounding in, in our life, will bring growth and development that is desperately needed for us to become everything that God is destined for us to be. So godliness with contentment is great gain. And then 2 Chronicles 7.14 we know this one. It's a very um, well-known scripture. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my, near, my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. For now I have chosen, in verse 16, and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. God, again, is looking for a people that will cry out in his name. They'll begin to cry out to him and, and ask, you know, when was the last time you were going through a spot and you were trying to figure it out? You know, we're some stubborn people sometimes. I'm a stubborn guy. I like, I'm a mainer, you know. 
I like to fix stuff myself and not ask for help and whatever, and struggling with putting up beams over your head or whatever and not asking anybody. It falls on your head, and you're just, I'm just stubborn sometimes, you know. And uh, so in that stubbornness or in that, you know, sometimes it's not even stubbornness. It's just we don't want to ask for help or whatever. We find ourselves in predicaments that uh, we can really get hurt in, you know. And so God wants us to ask for help. He wants us to call on him. He wants us to, to say, uh, God, I need you. And, and a lot of times it's unfortunate when I get extremely desperate, you know, when, uh, you know, I'll just almost in desperation say, God, I have no idea what to do and I need your help right now. And, um, you know, it's amazing how God will, will just give us the information that we need at that moment. And then we wish that we'd asked like two weeks before, you know, but if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, that's again the posture. That's again positioning of ourselves in a place where God can help us um, to, to go forward in, in a healthy way. So being aware of the spiritual dimension that we are fighting in. We are not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places. In other words, what's happening isn't always what's going on. What you see happening in front of you isn't always what's going on. Train yourself to look at the situation that you're facing and say, okay, all right, enemy, I can see where, I can see where you're influencing this moment. I see your stuff. I've seen this before. And I'm not going to get emotionally distraught against my wife or my kids or my boss or my world or whatever. Um, because I know what you're up to. And with the help and grace of God, we're going to get through this thing, and I'm not going to emotionally react to this situation and get myself all up in a, in a tizzy. What to remember when you want to keep your head, but you're on the verge of losing your mind. Number two, know that if you are going to keep your head, Jesus has to have your heart. So this morning when we were singing that song, Jesus got down in there and he started stirring up some things. Being in the presence of God is it's a way of getting a huge distance toward where we need to go. What's in your mind today? What's in your mind? When you woke up this morning, what was what was bothering you? What was going on? What was, you know, most of the time we don't just wake up with nothing in our head. Or maybe sometimes we do, and it takes us a while to get, you know, going until we have our first cup of coffee, whatever. But what's in our head? What's in your head right now? I think that's what this couple of messages is about, is helping us to take a good look at what's in our head and why is it there? What's in your head and why is it there? Who put it there? What are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you letting to have access into your head? Who's messing with your head? Amen? Who's messing with your head? The clarity that comes from Jesus is what you want in your head. And so in the morning, probably the first thing you shouldn't go to is Facebook or, or the news media or whatever. Amen? You know, give it some time. You've you got to be on your toes when you get there. The first thing that you need to do, all right, I'm not 
just trying to tell you what to do, but I guess I am. You know, <laughs> The first thing that needs to happen is you need to have an encounter with Jesus some way or somehow. You need to give him some time in the morning, like when you get up. And, and it doesn't mean that you have to go sit on your couch for five hours to get ready, you know, on your way to the shower or on the way to the coffee pot, whatever. Good morning, Jesus. I'm, I'm uh, open for suggestions. <laughs> I'm open for suggestions. What do I need to be thinking about today? Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are holy, whatsoever things are a good report, think on these things. That might come into your head like it just came into mine. He'll tell you what to think about. He'll tell you what to think about. And he's not going to steer you in the wrong direction. So you want to start your day off so that you can help somebody a few hours from where you, where you wake up? Then you got to get some good stuff in your head. Amen? I understand this is a highly tense political climate that we're living in right now. I get it. I get it. But that's not where your source is. I don't care if you're whatever you are. I don't care if your source is whatever it is. Doesn't matter. If it's not Jesus, you're not starting your day out right. Amen? Stay with me. We're going somewhere. I'm not sure where. So we got to get some stuff in our head that's going to help us be kingdom through the day. So Jesus, what's on your mind this morning? Holy Spirit, what you got? Because I, I need coffee, but I also need a word. I need a sure word to help me go the right direction today. I need to say, I'm, I'm going to be put in a position today where I'm going to have to speak to somebody. And I'm going to need to know, I need to know now what I need to say later. Amen? Yeah. And probably some of the sources that we're accustomed to going to first thing in the morning aren't where we're going to get that information. I'm just saying. I have Facebook. I have you know access to news media, blah, blah, blah. But Jesus is my source. And when He, when he stops being my source, like that, that first thing source, things get off kilter really fast. Doesn't matter how long you've been in, you know, kingdom stuff. Don't matter how long you know Jesus, you can get off track really quickly. It's super easy. You know that uh, you can search for, all right, I searched uh, the Facebook marketplace the other day for a uh, waste oil burner for my garage. Like two hours later, I'm getting. This message is saying, oh, we stole burner. How in the world did that happen? There's algorithms that are out there that the marketing geniuses of our world have tapped into. So where they see your search and they're going to direct traffic that is similar, they're doing it. They do it. That's marketing. It's just, and they figured out how to use the tools in our generation to get their stuff sold whatever. And people pay big money to have traffic directed to their site. So in a way, it's kind of cool. That uh, minimizes some of the work. But also, it can work in a very negative way. So we have to be careful of the information that's coming toward us, um, that it's the right information. That's all. All right, so Colossians chapter 3 
And starting with verse 1, it says, If you were raised with Christ, if you've given your life to Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your mind or your affections on things above and not on the things of this earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. In other words, God is revealing himself. And when he reveals himself, we're partnering with that environment, with that atmosphere. We're coming into agreement with what he's saying and what he's doing and what he wants to do for this day through you. You know, his kingdom advances through his people. God needs you to do his work on this earth. He's watching for somebody to speak his word so that he can perform that word that they speak. It's his word. And so set your mind. Talk about having a healthy mind. It's simply saying what I what I've been uh, talking about the last few minutes. Set your mind on things above and not on the things of this earth. All right, so where is your mind set? Where is it set? Again, where is the information coming from? Is it kingdom? Or is it just about what's happening in this earth? Because what's happening in this earth is just a telltale sign of what's happening in the heavenlies. At the end of the day, Jesus is coming back. Bottom line, he's coming. He's coming. We don't know when. We don't know the day or the hour. Scripture tells us that. But he's coming. And things have to line up for his return. So when we get too concerned and fighting all this systemic stuff that's going on, we can get lost in the weeds really quick pull out of the weeds and say, God, we know, we know that our time is short. The enemy knows his time is short. And he's doing everything that he can to influence our culture and to wreck our culture while he has time. And his sole purpose is to lead people away from the kingdom of God, to distract them from finding their way. So if there can be uproar, if there can be clamor, if there can be chaos, it's just a distraction. That's what I say. A lot of times what's happening isn't what's going on. Yes, there's riots happening. But what's the purpose and the reason of that riot? Probably has some political realms. I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff attached to it. But the bigger picture is that there's somebody stealing, killing, and destroying. The kingdom of darkness is on a mission to detract our generation away from the cross. That's the assignment. And so our assignment is to keep holding up the cross. That's why that song about the blood of Jesus was so powerful. It declared the power of the blood of Jesus in this moment that we're to declare to our generation. That's the bottom line. The blood of Jesus has made a way. That's what Colossians is really all about. It's, it's setting our affection. It's setting our heart. It's setting our course so that we're in alignment with what God is saying and what God is doing. And so as you're facing this week, amen, God's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So take the power of the Holy Spirit 
Take the word that He gives you the first thing in the morning. He'll drop stuff in your heart like you dropped that Scripture in my heart just standing over there minding my own business. And boom, He changed kind of the direction a little bit. He's like, ah, okay, whatever. I know what you're going to say, but I want you to say this first. And we'll see where you get from there. <laughs> he knows me too well. I'll chase a rabbit as quick as you can. But it's His desire. So in the morning... Okay, God, tomorrow morning, give him a minute. Give him a minute. Give him a minute. Put some worship on. If you got an album, I got one album. I'll share my album with you. It's Jonathan David Helzer. Um, I don't know what the name of it is, <laughs> but they're the, they're the ones that sing it. Jonathan David Helzer. And I listen to that album all the time. It's just an album that speaks to me. And so that album is what starts usually my morning or a few others that I have. And so when that worship starts to happen, I'm fixing my coffee, I'm half asleep, I'm, I'm dragging my way around and whatever. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. But by the time that worship starts to sink in and the blurriness starts to go away, Somewhere in the midst of that morning, God's going to speak something that either encourages me, usually always encourages me, but it's going to give me something that I can stand on through that day. So no matter what lies are coming my way, no matter what smoke screens are coming my way, no matter what the media is doing that day, no matter what the, the, the moment's crisis is for that day, there's a sure word in my heart that God's not giving me a spirit of fear but he's given me a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. He's going to keep us, amen, whose minds are stayed on him. So begin to get that sure word. I guess that's the word for this morning. Get that sure word. And don't let fear reign. Let his power, let his love, and let reign and let your mind be sound so that you can be you can be the guy or the gal that's throwing out the life rings to the people around you that's losing their mind. <laughs> Amen. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you, Father, for uh, the Holy Spirit that just is so amazing. Thank you for your guidance and direction. Thank you for the freedom to just be who you've called us to be and anointed us to be. And I thank you, Lord, that uh, there's nobody in this room that has to copy the next person or copy the, the preacher or copy some, some amazing person in their life. God, we're all originals and you love us individually in such an amazing way. And so I ask you, Lord, to take the things that you've uh, placed in front of us today. God, let them um, just swirl around in our hearts and, and Lord, let it be planted in our mind so that um, we think what you think so that we can say what you want us to say. Bless this week. Um, give us some powerful encounters with you so that we can be equipped to change the environment that you've assigned us to for this season. Bless your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.